Hello. Hi there. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks. How are you? Great. Ah, oh, you have an accent. <laughs> you know, what I tell everyone is we all have an accent, right? We do. Yeah. That, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize I had one until somebody told me because they could tell I'm from Texas because, you know, Texas guys, our voice is very deep and we talk very slow. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, um, the reason why I wanted to bring you on the show is because I saw your um, video that you did with your daughter and I thought it was really sweet. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I really appreciate it. I have a lot of fun with both of the kids and um, we've always done a lot of music in the house, but especially now where we're like homebound most of the time, it's been a really good outlet. That's awesome. So when did you first start um, learning how to play? And how many instruments do you play? So I probably, I, I only would say as far as recording um, or session work, right, I really only do all the violin work myself. But I'll play enough um, guitar and, and piano if I have to, right? So <laughs> I do a lot of my writing on, on guitar and, and piano. And I started... Uh, when I was eight years old, back in school in the UK on the violin, and then had my training there. And then as I got more into songwriting, moved on to some guitar and piano as well. Mm -hmm. So um, let me ask you this. When you're writing a song, how is your method? Because I know some people like to go in the bathtub. Um, I know uh, Ariana Grande, Billie Eilish. Um, they do that. I know some people like to go into short spaces like Beyonce likes to go in a closet or somewhere tight. Some people drink or get high. What's your method of writing? What's your writing process like? So, so usually what happens is um, something inspires me or I want to say something about a topic, right? So I get a moment of inspiration or I pick up on something or a vibe, whether it's an injustice or something encouraging. Then I come into my home office. I'm a big reader and a lot of my books are here and, and my instruments are in here as well. And I just shut the door just so it's kind of a private space. And mm -hmm. then I, I pretty much just write the first draft all in one go, the music and the lyrics based on how it feels and just try to capture that initial emotion and inspiration and then come back to it later and actually work on the crafting of making sure I'm, I'm using the best imagery, the best use of rhyme, the progressions interesting enough, and actually put the work into it after the fact. Yeah. Now, all my musician friends, they're kind of upset with me because the way I write, I write kind of similar to you. Like, I'll have to be inspired. Say, for instance, I go to a club and have a great time with my friends and I'm inspired to write, you know, a club song or I um, go to the park with my mom and have a good time and inspired to write a song that way. Yes. Uh, but whenever I write, the uh, like the lyrics and melody always come at the same time. Right. Like most people, they spend months uh, wasted trying to find lyrics to a melody yeah. Or melody the lyrics, yeah, but it they, just like yeah. it, it just comes. I even hear the voice, like it comes fully produced in everything. 
Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah, I mean, and people that there are some people who are very, very talented lyricists or uh, with the instrumentation, and they need a good, uh, they can benefit from a really good co-write buddy. Oh, I mean, yeah. I have a lot of fun with co-writes too because um, it, it just brings a new flavor, but it's it definitely helps. Mm-hmm. It's funny you say co-write because I'm actually working on a musical right now, so who knows, maybe I'll hit you up. <laughs> that sounds good. I'm always happy to help. Now, what's your genre? What genre do you usually like to write? Um. Okay, so I bounce around quite a bit, right? Because, I mean, having lived on three continents um, yeah. <laughs> throughout my life, it's like I, I'm very inspired and moved by a variety of different genres, right? So... It kind of just, I try, I mean, of course, for each project, I try to keep it consistent. So while I've been living here in the U.S., everything would probably fall more into pop and jazz. So mm-hmm. probably more jazz leanings, but maybe a little bit more leaning pop, um, just as far as the melodies and the lyrical content. Um, but definitely like a lot of storytelling. And then um, I always, for my personal music, prefer to use acoustic instruments um, and a lot of the talented folks we have access to here that came out of UNT. Mm, nice. I have a lot of friends that come out of UNT, too. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's a brilliant program. Yeah. And, like, um, one thing that uh, I am trying to do now, um, I'll give you a little detail. In one of the scenes in my uh, play musical that I'm writing, um, there's a jazz singer. And so I'm actually trying to work on her song, you know, because it's the first time you see her in the show. It's got to be her introduction. So I don't want it just to be any song. I want the song to describe personality, you know, like a hi, nice to meet you sort of thing, you know? Oh, cool. Yeah. So I'm definitely, I'm definitely working on the jazz piece. I love jazz. Um, who are some of your... Give me your top three favorite singers. Oh, no. How am I going to narrow it down to three? <laughs> That's not fair. I mean, you can't. You can't. Um, my top three favorite singers. Uh, okay. Well, I will, okay. So I will say, um, I mean, I'll keep it. that I can listen to pretty much most of the time, no matter the mood I'm in. I mean, growing up in the UK, Sade, Sade was very Okay, if it, 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 if it, it okay, uh, yeah, I she's a legend. I also really love Alison Krauss um, as a violinist and singer. Um, she does a lot of bluegrass, and what I love about her voice is it's really sweet, but she never overdoes it, right? So she leaves a lot of space in her music, and then, yeah, who else? Do I listen to a lot? Oh, it's really eclectic stuff, my stuff. Um, those are definitely two of my favorites. You know what? I'll go with one of the classicals I can always listen to, Andrea Bocelli. Oh, my God. He is so underrated. Have you heard his song he uh, did no, with did uh, Ariana Grande? I haven't heard that. I have not heard no, that. It no, it was an original go back one, and take a look. actually. But um, he's got some yeah. brilliant stuff. Okay. Well, well, I'm, 
That's yeah, right. Andrea Bergelli. He's the uh, blind singer, right? Italian singer. Okay, well, <laughs> you have homework now. Okay, so <laughs> after the interview, I want to, um, I forget the name of the song, but I want you to go to YouTube, right. type up Andrea Pacelli and Ariana Grande. If you oh, think her yeah, voice is beautiful, too. and uh, she Ariana is Grande Italian. Is so if you think... Yeah, right. but I was saying she's Italian for real. So if yeah, so it like if you think her voice is beautiful in English, it is amazing in Spanish. And he also did a song with um Due Lupa, who's she, also she's got, she's got from London really too. Fun music with a message for right now's pop scene. She's got she's a brilliant vocalist. Oh yeah. I felt sorry for her because her new single, I mean, her new album oh. got leaked during the pandemic, but it like it got leaked during the pandemic and still hit number two. So imagine what would have happened if she had wow. like a decent yeah. rollout, you know? Yeah. yeah, she's very good. And she survived <laughs> the Grammy curse. So, hey. I've just found this. Sorry, you, I was looking uh, at. Do I've you just know about the Grammy curse? I don't know how to pronounce it. E P U T. So I'm, right, I'm going to check it out. But yeah, no, I don't know about. I don't know about the Grammy curse. I mean, one thing you'll find about me yeah. is I'm somewhat like on the nerdy side, and unfortunately, not as aware of the pop culture, even though I write music. Isn't that sad? <laughs> 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 well, see, the Grammy yeah. curse is whenever it's your debut album and your debut album wins a Grammy, most right. people like that do not do well. Like, mo like, um, yeah, like uh, yes. Alyssa Cara, who's an amazing singer, she won a Grammy her first album, it didn't do well. Um, Khalid, uh, he won a Grammy, his debut album. Uh, didn't do well, not really doing anything. Uh, have you have amazing artists like Alyssa Cara yes. or uh Khalid who won a Grammy their debut album and they haven't really been able to get that hype back, right? And there's so many others that have too, and they call it the Grammy curse. But she was actually able to rise above that, you know. So I'm, I'm happy, and it was a good album too. Yeah, I was uh, going to say no, because I think she won um, Best New Artist, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and she's actually re-releasing her album with remixes, which I'm so happy about, because it's one of my favorite albums this year. Yeah, it's a really good one. That's my uh, elliptical and treadmill go-to. <laughs> yeah, I love Levitating, man. I love Levitating, and uh, Pretty Please, too. Now, um, another album I like that came out this year is um, when Love Came to Kill Us by Jesse Reyes. Have you heard it? I haven't. Yeah, Jesse Reyes, uh, she's been doing it for a while, but this is her first album, and she's really a good artist. Uh, she takes inspiration from um, uh, Tears Dry on their own singer, Amy Winehouse, and you can really tell, like, every, every word she sings you can tell she means it. So I highly recommend you write her name down too, uh, Jessie Reyes. She's really, really good. 
Awesome. Now, You're giving yeah. me all kinds of homework and new tunes today. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Now, I we've talked about your favorite uh, singers. What are your three favorite songs of all time? Oh, you've written, you know, you know, these are impossible questions, right? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. How are you going to ask somebody like, <laughs> well, oh, okay, worth of music for three favorite songs? Right. Oh, okay. I'll ask you this. What songs, what three songs move you the most? Okay. So I really love um, a song for you. Um, I think that's really pretty. Mm-hmm. Um I've always liked, since you brought up Amy Winehouse, I've always liked Rehab, um, yeah. the spunk and fight that she had. And I will say, growing up in the UK too, I do lean towards uh, the British music scene in general um, and a lot of music that comes out of there. And then I would say um, Corin Bailey Ray, Just Like a Star. Uh, yeah. See, everybody likes putting your records on, but there's something about just like a star that's like so and like some songs I enjoyed lyrically and not like production wise and some songs I like production wise and not lyrically but that's like a all around good song to me yeah it's just it's really tender I mean it touches the heart the way that it flows the production isn't overdone and then her silky voice on top Ooh. yeah I tell you that, <laughs> Now, who's your favorite songwriters? Oh, goodness. Uh, you know what? Actually, I think who is brilliant is Ryan Tedder. Oh, um, my God. I am uh, so sad. Yeah. I am so glad you brought his name up. Yeah, when I was first so versatile. Getting, yeah, when I was first getting into music, man, Ryan Tedder was my guy. Wow. Yeah, like he and, and and he has a trademark. Like you listen to some certain songs, and you're like, "This sounds like a Ryan Tedder song." And you look it up, and you're like, "Yep." Yeah, I mean, it just um, the message and the ease of the flow of the lyrics too, and and you can tell the guy's got a lot of heart. I'm always drawn to people who they have integrity in the lyric, right? And then he understands how to write a hook that's unforgettable as well. And then just the diversity in his writings, whether it's with his band or his own work or the way he understands an artist and writes for them. Um, he's very, very skilled and definitely someone at the top of his game in the industry. Yeah, definitely. What's your favorite Ryan Tedder song? Oh, man. You're going <laughs> to keep asking me. Oh, uh, oh okay, okay. My- I like secrets um, for what it stands for. Um, that he did yeah. his own band because I mean I'm a huge proponent for just being real and honest and and bringing things out into the open and dealing with it. Um, yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah. I just yeah. I, that yeah. message really hit home with secrets and then yeah I think that's a great one. Yeah, you know what I was gonna about. Uh, I was about to say um, there goes a fighter. He did with Gym Class Heroes, which is one of my favorites. Yeah, I also like Marching On, but uh, have you heard Come Home? I haven't heard Come Home. I don't know, because he, he did a lot of uh, music himself that he just released. So I don't know if this was him or it was uh, One Republic, 
But if it's Roman Republic, it's on the uh, first album. Okay. You should look this up too. It's called uh, Ryan Tedder Come Home. I love that song. It's very romantic. Basically, you know, he's uh, singing about a loved one that he wants to be with. Uh, another, uh, another good one by him. Have you heard Shadow? Yes. Yeah, Shadow is like, man, you're talking about somebody that misses somebody. Oh, like oh my god, it's so romantic. Give me two more songwriters. Oh man, um, let's see. Oh gosh. Uh, okay, so of course, growing up in the UK too, right? I'm a big Lennon and McCartney fan as far as their writing. Yeah, so a lot of the collaborations that they did and what they did for the music scene back then too, um, and then Carol King for sure. I've I've loved everything uh, that she's written as well. Mm-hmm. Now let me ask you this: If you wanted to give somebody advice, or somebody asks you some songwriting advice, like how to put a hook together, a bridge, a chorus, what advice would you give them? So, first and foremost, I would say it's got to be something that's real to you that you can relate to and you can speak to and you have some life experience in right and then uh to most people i would say cut your lyrics in half or as brief as you can because a lot of us when we're starting out in songwriting we get so excited about what to say we've got a ton of words that it's just too much right keep it as simple and basic and straightforward as possible and then make sure that your melody takes people somewhere and gives them some kind of um, emotional uh, release or break, right? Because I think as artists, we're there to serve people. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. Now, when it comes to a song, what do you think are three things every good song should have? Uh, so a message. Mm-hmm. Um, a catchy melody that sticks with you. Um, and then, and I think it should take you on a journey. I mean, the best songs take you on a journey and take you to your mind to a place that you need to have some kind of emotional release or process something, whether it's to make you really happy, whether it's to help you grieve something, whether it's to help you, um, I mean, let go of something and I mean you could tell from me a lot of my answers are that way because my background is also in psychology so I'm all about music with psychology where how can we use art to communicate universally and then take people higher and help them work through their life stuff whatever season they're in so so message and taking people on some kind of journey are the most important factors to me you know, we've definitely got to collaborate on something. I think that's just beautiful. Oh, thank you. I mean, I'm pretty, I mean, at the core of it, I'm, I'm pretty like girly and tender and sensitive. A lot of us musicians are, but like we've got to be able yeah. to deal with things and speak about them openly, be real with ourselves and others and grow beyond and keep reaching higher, right? And, and art, music yes. is a great way to touch us in ways that,
Yeah. Now, what I do when I'm writing music, I will write down the lyrics and I will read the lyrics and say, okay, what word can I replace this with? Or how can I make this deeper? Like, if I say uh, I want her back, you know, I'll probably change it to I need her back or yeah. something like that. You know, I, I try to make my lyrics as deep as possible yeah. without sounding too corny, right. you know. <laughs> yeah. Definitely, definitely. So it says you're a change agent. What does that mean? You know, that's all the transform transformative stuff, right? So with my background in psychology, I'm also trained as a life coach. Um, and I use a lot of music for, for transformation. So I think the change agent piece comes in and when you're able to see and observe things need to change for the better, helping facilitate that, helping people see the best that they can be and come alongside that and help them reach their goals. Nice, nice. And it also says you're a label owner too. Yeah, so I, <laughs> pretty early on as a young female, um, and it's interesting too, like if you're a single female team, you do a lot of music. It's when, as a young female, when I was writing, um, it's funny, like people would always try to change my voice or put their own production spin on it or change my dress code. I was always told I didn't dress see enough and things like that. I was like, well, that's cool, but, but that's not me. You know, if that was me and, and really my vibe and my character, I would do that. And people were constantly trying to change my voice. And so then my heart went out to people who um, weren't necessarily being supported to be themselves. So I started my own independent label um that i do put all of my songs out and all of my uh, licensing and publishing out in and then also support uh young up-and-coming artists that want original music for them that just want someone to help them grow um and find the authentic message that they want to put out and use my psychology background and coaching background um and learn what they stand for what's their message and then just help them uh package what they want to put out there in their way right without trying to change it without the pressure of we've got to hit this target or you've got to look this way or we've got to align you that way it just gave me the complete creative freedom <clears throat> to be able to stand alone and bring others along with me yeah it's funny because but honestly i think there should be a balance honestly like say for example uh i'm not sure how if you're a wrestling fan but I noticed a uh, pattern in WWE. Uh, in WWE, when you come work for the company, they throw a persona at yeah. you and you have to keep up. But I've noticed that when people throw away the persona and are just themselves, like The Rock is The Rock. Yeah. You know, Stone Cold is Stone Cold. Shawn Michaels is Shawn yeah. Michaels. And I feel like when people throw away the persona and be themselves, they excel more in the company. Right. And um, I think that's the same way with music. But unfortunately, there is a business side to it as well. Yeah, you know totally. what I mean? Yeah. Like uh, my friend, uh, she was actually on the show. She works for, uh, she used to work for Sony NYC as an executive now she owns her own uh uh publicist business um you know to help stars find personality and break out 
and she says the most annoying thing to her is she'll have a uh, talent, somebody that's really talented, but they don't have a consistent personality. Right. And she thinks, she says that's the key to uh, making it. Would you agree? So I think if you, you want to be an entertainer and connect with people, right, there is a side of you that you have to show consistently that becomes your brand, right? Mm -hmm. You can get away with not doing that as a songwriter and you're behind the scenes. But when you are an artist up front, you have to have a brand that people can connect with yeah. that is consistent throughout. Like if you look at Freddie Mercury, unmistakable brand. And it was, mm -hmm. and it, he was being himself, even though he was more reserved behind the camera, he was always consistently the unmistakable brand that is Freddie Mercury. Yeah, you can go anywhere dressed as him. Everybody knows who you yeah. are. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Know, I mean, that guy had, right? Uh, also, yeah. one of my oh favorite my vocalists ever. I mean, just the cry and the oh. power in his voice. I was just about to say the lungs on yeah. him. Like, I made the mistake of uh, using uh, one of his songs for an audition. Oh. Never again. <laughs> yeah, that's like Never that's again. like a female going in and trying to sing Whitney Houston. I mean, that's a that was yeah. brave of you. You know who else I could also listen to all day? Stevie Wonder. Oh my God, Stevie! What now? See, Stevie Wonder came out during the same time Michael did. And I would always say Michael had the dance moves, yeah. but Stevie had the voice. Oh my gosh, I could listen to him um, all. The, I mean, I could listen to him all the time. I'm also, I mean, if we go even back further, I also love Sam Cooke's voice. Um, you send oh, me yeah. and, and some of those. So, yeah, I mean, and, 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 and I mean, why stop there, Johnny Mathis? Oh man. my gosh, yeah, yeah. You know what, had I known you were going to be this wealth of information so fun to talk to, I would have poured myself a glass of wine and just planned on taking notes and just compared musicians to. <laughs> right, right, yes. Like, say, for instance, uh, my aunt had a, uh, my mom had me at an old age, all my aunts are older, and my aunt used to love, she had a huge crush on Johnny Mathis, like, <laughs> His voice is so smooth, you know? Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. So let, let me ask you this. Uh, what type of movies are you into? Give me your top three favorite movies. This might be a little yeah, easier. I mean, yeah, so I like The Untouchables. Um, mm -hmm. I think Andy Garcia did a brilliant job in that. And um, so I like Hotel Rwanda. Um, I think Don Cheadle did a really powerful performance in that mm -hmm. um gosh as far as movies like i like like I, I grew up watching all the 007 james bond movies with that <laughs> so yeah. i like a lot of action movies because you could probably tell like i'm very analytical and kind of full-on feeler in my everyday life so I yeah. like something where there's a mystery or, or something to solve or or just some action to just to give me a break um, on the weekend yeah. or the end of the day. Uh, and I'm not honestly, like, I quite like all the X-Men movies too and the new Star Trek. Oh, uh, yeah. The new Star Trek movies were really good, so. Yeah, I I'm so excited what Disney is going to do with the new X-Men. I wonder who they're going to replace Wolverine with. Was that not already decided? No, they, uh. Hardy? 
I think there's still work because they have Tom Hardy. Okay. But I think they want to use him for uh, Venom, right? Venom. Yeah, yeah I think they want to because uh, Disney is planning a uh, crossover with Sony. So I think they're going to keep him as Venom. Okay. Okay. Well, he was but, excellent as Venom. I mean, he made that movie, but um, who's going to be able to be the next Hugh Jackman and be as widely popular? Exactly. As but you know, so I, iconic. Yeah. But you know, I trust Disney. They always pick the right person. Like the thing I love about Disney, like, you know, they have uh, um, Keanu Reeves on hold, right? I didn't know that. Yeah, like basically what they did, and they did it with Jake Gyllenhaal too. Yeah. What they do is they'll get a actor and they'll be like, we know we want to use you. We just don't know what for and we don't want to just throw you into something. So they'll get an actor and they'll like reserve them. And the minute they find something for them, they're like, okay, this is who you'll be playing. You know? Okay. But, but, but yeah, and they're thinking about having him play... Uh, Moonlight. Are you uh familiar with Moonlight? I'm not, no. He's basically uh the Marvel version of Batman. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that's gonna be and that's something that the fans have been asking for, so that's gonna be interesting right there. But yeah, I'm excited to see what they do. And I think they've casted the Fantastic Four already. I'm not sure. Yeah, the first but... one didn't really do all that much, right? The second one didn't either. Right. Oh, there was a second one. Oh, my bad. See, that's- <laughs> and that goes to show, you know. But I feel like if anybody can pull it off, Disney can. Right. And uh, but this one is gonna take place during the '60s, and they're gonna use the uh, time loop to uh, zap them back in modern day. Wow. Yeah, okay. from uh, from Ant Man. Okay. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, but I didn't know there's going to be I, a delay in in production, you know, with just the current COVID situation and the impact on the entertainment industry. Yeah, man, like studios are closed, movies yeah. are like, you know, a lot of movies are waiting for the movies to be open, and it's funny because I actually, I guess I can say this now, I actually had a meeting with um, uh, Lionsgate uh, Studios, uh-huh. talking about like what we can do to get like movies you know back in the movies or talking about what because they wanted uh the fans opinion or a normal person's opinion so you know i was lucky to be picked and it was like a one-hour meeting and we talked about what we can do you know what the fans would like to see you know yeah. and i and, and i told them i said i believe it would be good to put it on streaming platforms, but I think they should put it in movies too. Because yeah. there are some people that are missing, you know, that experience. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it can be interesting to see how it all plays out. Mm-hmm. Now, as a musical person, what soundtracks have impressed you the most? Uh, ooh, the Gladiator soundtrack was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That was very moving. Um, the Prince of Egypt was one of my favorites. That is a fantastic soundtrack. You know, yeah. lots, actually, the Disney movie soundtracks are really well done. Um, yeah. They invest a lot in that side of it. Uh, I'm trying to think anything recent. 
I mean, nothing in particular stands out, but I am I do usually pay a lot of attention to the soundtrack. Yeah, have you seen uh, Jordan Peele's Us? I haven't. What's that about? It's about okay. So you know how like the United States, there's like tunnels all under the United States that nobody uh, uses anymore. Well, in the movie, they use them for uh, a cloning experiment that went bad because you can clone the person, but you uh, can't clone the soul. And so um, pretty much uh, the clones basically just copied what people did and that was it. So they threw it away. But there was one clone that actually rose above. And they're they're clones that are trying to take over the world pretty much without giving away the whole thing. And, you know, all of Jordan Peele's movies get out. Us, they're awesome, but Us had a very good horror soundtrack to it. Okay. I'll have to check that you know. out. Yeah, it had a very good Hans Zimmer, you know, inspired soundtrack. Cool. Yeah. Now, then, who are some of your favorite art uh, actors? Uh, I like Leonardo DiCaprio, for sure. Oh uh, yeah, what's your favorite Leo movies? Oh, I can't answer that. I don't think. Um, <laughs> um, I like. I've always enjoyed Andy Garcia. Um, I think Don Cheadle is brilliant. Yeah. Um, gosh, I mean, there's so many, but those three are definitely like up there. Three of my favorites. Nice. Actually, I will say, if I wanted just a comedy and switched off too, I've, I've enjoyed a lot of Sandra Bullock's movies. Oh uh, yeah, Sandra Bullock is an amazing yeah, I mean, artist. Just, yeah, she just it just always makes me laugh and I think she just does a brilliant job and she seems to have a really great work ethic it shows in her movies. Um yeah. Yeah, definitely. Did you see Bird Box? I did. I I didn't know if I wanted <laughs> yeah. to because I thought I would get scared. I mean, I, there's a couple of things about me. One, I blush really easily. And then two, like movies scare me really easily. So I didn't know if I was going to be able to stomach it, but everybody was talking about it for so long. And then my friends were giving me a hard time that I wouldn't watch it. So I watched it from behind a pillow um, and really and really enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, it was a good movie. It took me a while to get on the train because you know these fads, like when everybody starts liking yeah. something and it, you, you watch it and it's overhyped. Yeah. But I finally gave it a try and it turned out to be yeah. pretty good. Um, but there's a new genre of horror movies. It's called uh, social horror. And social horror is when you take everyday situations and uh, represent horror through them. You know, like Get Out was horror uh, represented through racism or like um, uh, Hereditary was like, uh, a demon possession movie translated through a grief mm -hmm. of a family, you know, and those movies are never like because I hate yeah. jump scares, but I appreciate social horror because there's never any jump scares. Yeah, in those. no, that's <laughs> good. Um, but then I mean, sometimes I, fi I find those troubling because you could see how it could, you know, potentially apply to real life too. And then again, coming from the background in psychology, then I'll go down the analytical path and. Um, yeah, yeah, but I mean, they're entertaining. Yeah, 
what's your favorite genre to watch then since horror is um, not your thing probably action <laughs> probably action, action yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, and I used to, I think, again, when I was younger, I used to watch a lot of romantic comedies, too. Like, I loved While You Were Sleeping. Um, but that was a really smooth yeah. movie. But I like um, comedies and, and action movies. And um, I quite like thrillers, too. It's something where I have to do some work to, um, you know, th- think about what's going on. Like, I liked all the, the Bourne movies. I thought they were uh, really yeah. well done. And then I will say, like, I liked the first John Wick because it had a story and it had a, you know, it made sense to it. Thank and then you. I just couldn't like the third one. Uh, to, yeah. Which respects to have for Keanu Reeves and brilliant as I think he is. It just didn't have enough plot for me. It just was excessive violence from beginning to end. Yes, and where's the yes. Plot? Where's I am the so... journey? Where's the character development? Like, the first one made complete sense to me. Uh, the third one, I didn't get Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, like, I totally agree. Like, and that's what I keep telling people. I'm like, the first one yes. made sense, and it looked like yes. it had a purpose, but the last two looked like they were just yeah. money like grabbers, you know? how many times you know? do I need to see an axe hit a skull, like, from up close? <laughs> I mean, I just, I didn't get, actually, exactly. But it was a, actually a very popular film. Um, but like the first one, I thought was really yeah. well done. Yeah. Now I say I think John Wick is one of the best action movies yeah. ever made because I hate action movies and I yeah. love. Yeah. What do you, you like? Know? Then? Uh, I'm more horror comedy okay. type guy. Yeah. So what's the most yeah. favorite comedy? Uh, he, Comedies, oh my god, the the nutty professor with Eddie Murphy. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, anything Eddie Murphy Martin. I love the uh, um Step Brothers with Will Ferrell. But actually there's two movies that I was gonna tell you about. They just came out this year. Have you they're on Netflix. Have you seen The Wrong Missy? No. Hilarious movie. Basically, um, uh, who played Joe Dirt? Uh, what's his name? Hmm. Uh, it's on the top of my. It's on the tip of my tongue. I'll fact check myself. But yeah, but basically, um, the wrong Missy is a movie about this guy. He goes on a blind date with a girl named Missy, and you know the date goes horrible because she's completely insane, and he never sees her again. <laughs> And he's about to go on a business trip, uh, a vacation business trip. And he actually, David Spade, that's his name. He accidentally switches back with this lady that just so happens to have the same name as the girl he went on a blind date with. And I mean, when I say they're perfect for each other, he walks her to the bar. First of all, their, their stuff gets mixed up because they have the same bags. Not only do they have the same bags, he says, let me buy you a drink. Both of them don't drink. And he pulled out his book and started reading. And she was like, so not only do you steal my bags, but you steal my book, too. And he was like, what do you mean? This is my book. They literally had the oh, same Oh, I'm going to have to watch this then. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so basically he invites her to the trip because, you know, his boss is a real like uh, male chauvinist pig. And she used to be 
a uh, swimsuit model, so he would like that sort of thing. So he was like, you should win him over. You should bring her. She would like that. And he invites her, gets her number, and doesn't save it and invites her. And when he gets on the plane, the Missy from the first date comes. So he invited the wrong Missy. And it's hilarious. Yes. It's hilarious. You got to see it. Yeah. And then surprisingly, Will Ferrell has a movie called... uh, I'm sure being from London, you're uh, familiar with this. Oh, I watched it right away. I watched that as soon as it came out. You, that is such a good... I I really missed once I moved to the US. And it was just a brilliant contest to follow in Europe. And some of the best songwriters and then just putting their best foot forward. And I used to watch that every year when I was back home. So I watched that as soon as it was available. Like, I don't know what is in you guys' water, but their voices are so much more pure than American voices. Like, I don't even watch American Idol or uh, America's Got Talent anymore. Because, like, with Eurovision, they go all out. Yeah, yeah. A lot of it's the production, but I think a lot of it is. And this was another adjustment for me moving to the States. Uh, Like, music education and the arts is a much was a is a much bigger deal um in the british school system um then when i moved over mm-hmm. here i noticed there was a much more emphasis on sports particularly in texas i mean yeah. there's nothing wrong with either but i think you need to have balance between the two and, and still give that great arts education as best as you can because uh you know a lot of kids need that yeah and i mean like i t- interviewed uh, one of my friends, and I was like, what is it about, like, British artists and British actors? Because even the actors, like, Samuel Jackson even got jealous of uh, one of the mm-hmm. British actors. And he's an amazing actor. And she said, in London, the actors, like, in America, when we look at acting, we approach it sometimes as a means to get famous. But in London, they look at music and acting as more of a yeah, art form yeah. I mean, I think if you exactly, than a job, and it shows. Benedict Cumberbatch, mm-hmm. for example, or like James McAvoy, Michael Fassbender from the UK when they joined like the X Men cast. I mean, a lot of these guys you know, have that training where it's really about the art form and the training, and going through the discipline and having like quality tutors and stuff and not that everyone has to go that route right but there's something to be said when people invest um, in their art and yes. they're willing to do the hard work and it's not just about um the feel and this feels good to me this is what, what i want to do i mean a lot of people um some, well, some of the people that i've worked with don't understand yes it's a creative thing it's a creative profession but your work ethic is still what will make the difference in how you come across and how your work translates and what you're able to accomplish, right? You can't just be waiting for the right vibe or the right feel. I mean, you have to put the work in. Exactly. I mean, like, it it shows, and they can be anybody. Like, look at the guy that played in uh, Get Out. He also played in... uh, Black Panther. He was the uh, guy that sided 
with um Killmonger, yes. but changed oh, in the no. end. Like, yeah, I forgot he was he the can, guy that was in Get Out. Yeah, that guy could be anything and anybody. Like, his range is he's actually in a Black Panther movie. Yeah, I mean, yeah, actually, a Black, I Panther really movie. Black Panther movie. Yeah, he was great. He's done an African accent. He was in Black Mirror and talking in his original British accent. He was he's in a Black Panther movie talking in a African American accent. Like he's his acting is like endless. He can do an American accent. Like he's a tremendous yeah. Talent. I mean that's that's awesome. That's the type of person you want to see succeed, right? You're like you root for them. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's brilliant. Oh, there's, there's there are a lot of good movies there. You're reminding me. All right, when I'm overworked, some of these evenings, I need I know what to go back and watch and listen to now. <laughs> right, but but yeah, Eurovision. Like uh, me and my friend were doing a sip and paint, so I uh, didn't really get a chance to see it good the first time, and so I said, you know what, I'm gonna sit down and I'm gonna rewatch it, and it is such a feel good movie, and I have mad respect for Rachel McAdams for uh, taking that role because most serious actors would be stuck up. They're like, oh, I don't want to do a comedy. But she held her own. Yeah, pretty diverse, right? She's had some pretty, um, uh, she's had some roles that are not what you would consider the norm. And I think good for her. Yeah. Yeah, and she, you know, the thing I liked about I like about Will Ferrell better than Adam Sandler. With Adam Sandler, it seems like with his movies, you can't have a moment. Everything has to be a joke. When with with Will Ferrell, he is funny, but he will give you those moments and let them sizzle. Like you remember when the uh, they were doing that love montage over that Frick song when they just go to uh, Europe. When they first get there. When they leave Iceland to get to the contest. Yeah, and that song, and the guys, like, singing the song in the park. I was expecting a joke. Like, I was like, this is a beautiful moment, but I know he's got to mess it up. But no, he let us have that moment. Yeah. You know, and that's what I love about, you know, and it was just a funny song. Like, Yaya Ding Dong is actually my ringtone. (laughs) Yeah, that was really funny. And I liked the whole journey with him and his dad um, through there, too, from the get-go to coming up. Because, I mean, I it's interesting, like, the resistance he came across and kind of the mockery of wanting to do music. And it's interesting for me, even though, like, London is home, my parents are very traditional Middle Eastern. So the fact that very clearly from a child I was a musician, I know that was very alarming to them. Uh, they were just worried that that would give me a very unstructured or irresponsible life, you know, like the stereotype of someone who's just like, you know, blowing in the wind, as Bob Marley would say. But yeah. I mean, they, they also don't understand, like, you know, I, that, yeah, it was interesting for me too. So there were moments in there too that I think a lot of people could relate to, even with the comedy and the laughter. Same, because my dad is African, so when I told him I wanted to be an actor or entertainer, he would much rather 
prefer me be a lawyer or you know a doctor or something so yeah i could definitely relate to that but yeah like i literally cried at the end of it a happy cry of course not a sad cry because it's such a feel-good inspiring like i dare anybody to watch eurovision and feel bad after yeah no i really enjoyed i watched it with my son and my daughter and um, we all really yeah. enjoyed it. I did have one moment where I just I felt heartbroken for them when he was in the hamster wheel on stage. I just yeah. felt so bad <laughs> for them, but then he turned it around. <laughs> yeah, and, and the, 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 like when he started crying, man, I cried. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah, and uh, the, the way he made fun of Americans. You know, as somebody that's been living in America all their life, I found it hilarious. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, I forgot about those the American tourists <laughs> in the car. They came through. They came through. Yeah. Yeah. He 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 was like, yeah, and uh, yeah, go go enjoy your Starbucks and your uh, your uh, cappuccinos and your Coke and heroin, eh? <laughs> yeah, no, that was a really really Definitely. good one. Actually, I think you're the first person I've spoken to who's watch that other way other than me and my two kids so that was good <laughs> yeah i've been pushing it man because we gotta get it's it's a, like i refuse to have that be a lost gem or an underrated movie like i need that to be the new anchorman how people see will ferrell or anchorman they need to see him yeah. in this and the music wasn't half yeah, bad. yeah it either. was good i mean now they were both singing right rachel mcadams and him I don't, I'm not okay. sure if that was Rachel May. I know Will Ferrell yeah. was really singing, but I'm not sure if that was okay. really Rachel or if it was all her. Because I know in the song, somebody else is credited okay. for it. Yeah, so I don't know if that was okay. all her, but that was all Will. Yeah, definitely. his voice is pretty unmistakable. Yeah. Now, I know you said you wanted to be a musician from a young age. When did you first realize you wanted to uh, be a singer and songwriter? What was the exact day, moment, So I was 13 years old, right? And I wrote a song for Mm -hmm. my dad for Father's Day. Because, I mean, I I grew up, I was a pretty introverted, reserved kid. And then, you know, growing up in a a Middle Eastern home, you don't really express your emotion very much. Um, But I was a a very emotional, pretty intense kid. And I remember we had a group of family and friends over. And I wanted to honor my dad and show appreciation to him and and, um, my admiration for him. And I wrote a Father's Day song for him and just pulled out the acoustic guitar and played it after dinner for everyone. And there wasn't a dry eye in the house. And it opened a lot of conversation for a lot of my Middle Eastern relatives who'd had to leave Iran under challenging circumstances who were away from family and loved ones and it it became a very healing night and it also really touched my dad and what it showed me was things that we can't find other ways to communicate we can do that through music um, in a way that can touch everyone when it's done well so I always knew I wanted to communicate um, and I wanted to help people deal with things Um, but I, I mean I also do have a lot of interest too so I did go to Uh, to college and grad school in the field of organizational psychology um, because I'm just interested in studying people. Um, So the two together always went hand in hand for me. I didn't really just want to do one over the other. I've pretty much always done both. The downside of that is I haven't been able to fully dedicate all of my resources to music. 
um, maybe at a later point in life I'll be ready to do that. For right now, I'm kind of on both tracks. Yeah, that's beautiful. And like, one thing I find interesting about psychology, I want to know your opinion on this. Uh, do you believe in stereotypes? Oh, um, that's a good question. I mean, it's a bit subjective. So I like to say we've got to give everyone a chance to prove themselves. However, stereotypes are off that we form for ourselves are often based on data well, see, points that we have over time, right? Yeah, well, see, the reason why I ask that is because if you were to ask me that question, I would have said yes and no. Like, no, I don't believe in stereotypes, but, and I've never been wrong at this. I've actually tried it out on a couple of people. I feel like there's certain things where, like, if you like certain things, then you automatically like other things and you automatically act a certain way. Like, say, for instance, um, if I find somebody that listens to Lana Del Rey, I'll be like, well, if you listen to Lana Del Rey, you have to listen to Fleetwood Mac and Florence Welsh, right? And they'll be like, yes. And I said, if you listen to those people, you have to listen to, you know, um, Amy Winehouse as well as, um, as, well as uh, Ho- Hozier, right? And they'll say, yes, how did you know? And I said, because it's a pattern. Right. Most people that like one, like a lot. Or say, for instance, if you're a, uh, if you're a, um, if you have some anime stuff on your backpack, I'll be like, you, you, you like anime, right? They'll say yes. And I said, so you have to be quiet. You're not an outgoing person. And they'll say yes, because there I believe there's certain things that once you are in this group or once you like them, and I know I could be wrong, it's not always the case, yeah. but there's been certain people that I've met. Like, I've met some people with rich parents, and I'm like, you hate your parents, don't you? And they're like, how do you know? And I'm like, because most rich kids, you know, hate their parents, you know, because most rich kids' parents are, you know, kind of controlling or addicts or, you know, just a lot of stuff, you know. Or, like, say, for instance, if I find somebody that grew up in poverty, I'm like, you are a very hard worker, right? right? Because there's some things that goes with certain things. But how do you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, I think there are general do apply, right? And then there are always exceptions. So, yeah, I mean, I I tend to lean lean toward, I mean, that's, I mean, I I tend to go with my gut check a lot, right? So, um, and that seems to work well for me in, in work and my personal life. Um, We make observations consciously, subconsciously. We all form stereotypes in our mind and generalizations, whether or not we're even aware we're doing it. Because we have all taken in data points throughout our whole lifetime. Right? And then we generalize Mm -hmm. based on those. Yeah. Most definitely. But I think people are definitely... Interesting. Now, let me ask you this. As an artist and a psychologist, what inspires you the most? Um, growth and breakthrough um, in other people. 
That's what motivates mm -hmm. me every day. Nice. Nice. If you could collaborate with three artists, who would they be? Uh, shoot. Pretty much everybody I get to work with in DFW right now are actually on the top of my list, to be honest. Because when I moved here, people were like, hey, you're a musician, you've got to go to Nashville. And the more I dug into the Dallas and Denton music scene, I was like, no disrespect to Nashville whatsoever, but I, Dallas and Denton, we have a wealth of of musicians, right? We have oh, yeah. some amazing um, creatives here that, you know, I'm super excited um, that I get to work with here and feel very fortunate. I mean, gosh, but like dream sessions uh, to get to spend like mm -hmm. a session, uh, probably um, I would like to pick Carol King's writing brain. I'd love to just sit at a piano with Alicia Keys and see what comes out. Um, mm -hmm. Let's see who else. I mean, man, it's really hard to pick. You're asking, you're yeah. asking a lot of questions. I, I, would, I, I, would, I would like to see you collaborate with somebody like Phil Collins or Elton John. I think you two's writing style, especially Elton John. I think you guys <clears throat> got to have a similar writing style. I think it would complement each other uh, very nicely. Thank you. And his uh, soundtracks that he's written too are like off the charts. I mean, he can oh, yeah. write. What did you think about the movie yeah. about his life? I thought it was amazing. The guy that did it, I had no idea he had that in him. Yeah, that's the guy from The Kingman, right? Yeah. yeah. I didn't realize uh, he could sing like that. Yeah, I mean, they sound almost uncanny, yeah. like identical. Yeah. And look alike, too. Yeah. Definitely. Um, Alan Minkin is another person I would like for you to uh, collaborate with as well. Really? Yeah, I I really like his um, his writing, even when he's not trying. Like he could write a good song in his sleep, and I know he's sick of writing for Disney, but you know they just won't let him go. Yeah. You, know? you know who I also like really like too. Um, I really like. Um, Sarah Bareilles, um, as far as uh, writers yeah. and musicians, and also Florence and the Machine. Uh, Florence Welsh, yeah. I believe her voice is what angels yeah. sound I mean, like. that, and what a great <laughs> performer, too. I mean, and talk about somebody just being completely themselves, yeah. And she's very vulnerable, yeah. you know, she's very, you know, she's definitely one to let you in. Uh, how can I forget Sia? Oh my gosh. I mean, what a powerhouse. And actually really like like Elastic Heart, for example, and Chandelier mm -hmm. and, and the experiences coming out of those and the yeah. depth of I mean, if you just listen to it just from a beat standpoint, you think, okay, it's just a poppy club. But I mean the lyrics, if you actually listen to the message, um it's just yeah. really powerful. I mean that elastic heart is brilliant. And titanium. Uh, the work on that mm -hmm. collaboration and her vocals on that. I mean, but she can really sing. Yeah, and she's an amazing singer and yeah. songwriter. I love the fact 
that she doesn't use auto-tune. Like, if her voice cracks in a song, you can hear it, but I like it because it makes it sound authentic, yeah. you know? Yeah. And like, uh, well, uh, are you, did you heard what happened to her boyfriend, right? I didn't know that, anything about her boyfriend, no. Her, uh, a couple of years ago, uh, she's actually written a lot of songs for him. But a couple of years ago, her, uh, boy, I don't know if they were married or if it was her boyfriend, but her boyfriend got uh, killed in a uh, car wreck. I think he was on a motorcycle, but I know he got killed in a car wreck. And um, have you heard uh, the song Eye of the Needle by her? No. Okay, write this down. Eye of the Needle okay. is a song she wrote for her uh boyfriend is very passionate you know it's one of those songs where her voice does crack she's giving it her all another song is the most beautiful haunting love song i ever heard it's on the twilight soundtrack that is called my love it's almost like a lullaby and you know she wrote that for him too and you could just like feel the heartbreak coming out of that song that's awful. Yeah. I think that happened to Leona Lewis as well. Or oh, no, Corin Bailey, yeah. Bailey Ray, I think. Um, her partner mm-hmm. died in a crash as well or something. Yeah. Yeah, that's just really sad. Unfortunate. And, you know, and she was at, able to turn her, you know, her pain into, you know, art. And uh, have you heard uh, her diamonds? demo that she did for uh, Sia? Uh, no, I haven't. Yeah, she also, uh, she uh, released it, and it's a bit, like, gibberish, but it just goes to show how interesting her writing process is. Like, what she'll do is, like, she'll take the uh, Diamonds um, uh, production, she'll take the uh, instrumental and you know she'll be like, "Did it die die? Did it die die? Shine bright, do do." And like she'll just be blabbering off, and she'll go back and listen to it, and the words that she says, like she'll be like, "Okay, I said shine here. Okay, I said uh, diamond there," and she'll just fill in the blanks. So it's almost like she's letting the universe work through her and give her the lyrics. Wow. Yeah, I have no idea. You know, yeah, and that's how she writes. And I've tried that method, and it actually works. You know, you're just saying gibberish, and then you might catch, like, five words you said. And you're like, okay, I said the and I said house over here. So how can I fill in the blanks to this beat? to make that work. It's an interesting message as well. Well, you actually, this is really great advice because here in about 10 minutes or so, I'm going to hop on a songwriting session and look at the timing of you, you know, giving me encouragement and a suggestion to just speak whatever comes out and then see how we can exactly. make it work. Look at the timing of that. It, exactly. And, and I advise every songwriter to try it even work uh, at least once I found that it you know whenever I'm having writer's block I already have the beat so that's what I do and it helps a lot um what's your go-to karaoke song 
give me one reason, Nora. Uh, sorry, give me one. Uh, sorry, I'm thinking. Shoot, I usually do Nora Jones. Um, don't know why. And then, oh yeah, then Tracy Chapman. Oh yeah, I love Tracy. I love Tracy Chapman. I love her to death. Um, are you ready to play Song Association? Am I? I'm sorry. Am I what? Are you ready to play Song Association? Okay, you got to tell me what Song Association is. Okay, so basically, Song Association is a game where I say a word, and you have to sing a song with um, the word in it. Like, say for instance, if I say bluebirds, uh, you can sing somewhere over the rainbow because uh, bluebirds is in the song. Somewhere. Oh my like, goodness, bluebirds. So yeah, like it doesn't have to be in the chorus, and you don't necessarily have to sing that part, but it has to be at least in the title or in the song. You ready? Uh, I'll give it a shot. <laughs> All right, uh, love. What's love got to do? Got to do with it? What's love but a second-hand emotion? Wait, is that the right lyric? Nice. Yeah, it was. <laughs> you were awesome. Okay, um, dance. Ooh, I want to dance with somebody. I want to feel the heat with somebody. All right, uh, butterfly. Can I pause? Yeah. Uh, or, or since you're a songwriter, you can, if you can't find a word, you can make it up. That gauntlet has been thrown. People have freestyled. So you can freestyle the song if you can't find a word that goes with butterfly. <laughs> okay, freestyle the song. Um, I'm going to pass on butterfly because that's like, butterfly. you know, I've been yeah. painting my deck in the heat all day. So my brain is somewhat fried. Yeah. Um, how about breathe? Um, breathe. Oh, the word breathe always takes me back to church. Um, this is the air I breathe. This is the air I breathe. Your holy presence living in me. Nice, nice. Um, last one, last one. Uh, water. Oh, my goodness. That's got to be in tons. I'm thinking songs that have river in them. Um, yeah, it could be water, river, tears. Mm-hmm. Oh, tears. I like that. Tears in heaven. Is that Eric Clapton? That's yeah. such a sad <laughs> song. <laughs> yeah, I love Clapton. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I thought you were going to uh, sing the She walks away The sun goes <laughs> down He takes the blame You know, if you catch me in the morning I'll be a lot more fresh And a lot more spontaneous Who knew? I mean, this yeah. Texas heat is no joke Oh man, I'm and, telling you I'm telling also, you what was I thinking Trying to paint my own deck all day outside Right <laughs> Yeah, it's hot out there It man. is But thanks but thanks so much for coming on the show. I will definitely 
be hitting you up soon this week to collaborate with you to try to get that work no, out because I can't wait for that. It is my pleasure but, and you are just delightful and incredibly insightful and I'm just so touched that you thought of me to include me. Yeah, I'm telling you, man. I, you know, because you don't see that every day, a mother and daughter bonding over music like that. So I was like, I have to get at least one of them on the show, you know. And plus, we have a lot of artsy friends in common. Yeah, I think we probably do. Yeah, we probably do. Yeah, she, (laughs) my daughter and my son, we sing as a trio. Um, They are my heart. I don't have any other family in the country. So um, we're, we're definitely blessed to have each other. Yeah, that's so sweet. Stay close. Yeah, thank you so much. <laughs> Definitely. And I'll talk to you All later. All the okay? best. Okay. Bye. All right, bye.